today, we have another opportunity to begin anew. Now, of course, we have that opportunity at any moment, but when the calendar changes to a new year, we tend to think about this idea more consciously, right? Now, I want to be very clear what we are not going to do today. We are not going to talk about doing that usually kind of negative self-assessment that often occurs this time of year. You know the one where we review the past and look at what we'd like to see improved. We're also not going to talk about that thing where we give ourselves a to-do list, which we affectionately call New Year's resolutions. In my experience, those resolutions, at least for me, are usually significantly inconvenient, if not downright difficult. And maybe I just set lofty goals, but that has been my experience. And what often happens, and I know this is totally true for me, is that we, we begin with good intentions, but we kind of fall short on the follow-through, right? You start getting the ball rolling, and then the hill goes up, and the ball doesn't want to go anymore. So we just kind of give up, and we drift back into comfort mode, right? Have you ever heard that saying, may your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions? Yeah, there's a reason for that, right? Often, with New Year's resolutions, we attempt to change behavior without changing the consciousness that produced it. It doesn't have to be that way. What's called for is an actual change of belief, especially what we believe about ourselves, right? If we have adopted the predominant worldview um, that we are individual beings separated from our source and separate from each other. That is the consciousness we need to change. And that's where the science of mind comes in. At the heart of our teaching, at the heart of the science of mind, is a message of oneness, of unity. There is one God, one mind, and each of us is an aspect of that one. Far from being separated from God, we actually are expressions of God. We may be ignorant of that fact, but our ignorance does not change the reality of our being. At any moment in time, we can wake up to the truth of who we are. This is the message of all the great mystics, of all the great people through time. For instance, when Buddha was asked the question, who are you? His reply was, I am awake. Or we could say, for our purposes, I am enlightened. The word enlightened, it's the Western translation of various Buddhist terms, most notably bodhi and vimuti. Bodhi means the knowledge, wisdom, or awakened intellect of a Buddha. Vimuti is the freedom from or release of that which inhibits the achievement of a state of bodhi. So... I am enlightened. This is the essence of what Jesus was getting at when he said we must be born again. Right? Both Buddha and Jesus were talking about the same process. And the good news is that when we change our belief about who we are, we really do change what we do with our lives. So this morning, our work is to look at what our design for living this year shall be. And I say shall on purpose. That's the big word. That's the, there's no negotiations. This is, this is how it's going to be. So how do you intend for God to use you 
in you, through you, as you in 2023. Think about that. What is your intention for your life this year? Not what do you plan to do this year, but what is your intention? We'll look at that this morning. And in addition to that, we're going to look at this question. In what atmosphere and energy do you want this intention to express itself? That's what we'll explore today. And not only for you, but for this amazing place as well. But first, I want to spend a few minutes looking at the power of intention. Dr. Wayne Dyer, you can never go wrong with Wayne Dyer, folks. Ever. Um, Wayne Dyer once wrote, Intention is a force that exists in the universe as a field of energy. And Ernest Holmes said, there is a power for good in the universe and we can use it. They're talking about the same thing. And something I find myself saying more and more often lately is intention is everything. It really truly is because the truth is we all begin with the same raw material. It is what we do with it that matters. For instance, a plain bar of iron is worth about five bucks, right? Same bar of iron, you make it into horseshoes, it's worth ten fifty. If you make it into needles, you can make a lot of needles, that becomes worth $3,285 roughly, And if you turn it into the balance springs for watches, it attains a worth of $250,000. One bar. So I want you to think about this question. What is God's idea for the iron bar that is your life? Is it horseshoes, needles, springs for watches, or any of a million other things in between? What about for this church? What does that look like? Because you really do get to decide. That's the fact. Science is proving it over and over and over as metaphysics and physics come closer and closer together. Almost any book or article by David R. Hawkins speaks to that. We've studied some of his books in the past, um, notably Power Versus Force. Um, And I want to revisit some of his stuff later on. Um, But... There are many, many others that we're looking at. If you're interested in that kind of data, if you're interested in those studies, um, there's a whole lot of books on it in the bookstore. Come on over. Let me know that that's what you're looking for, and I can take you to them. Um, Now, I've touched on a few of the studies by Dr. William Tiller in the last year or so. In fact, I think we spoke about one maybe two months ago. So... When I was looking for proof to add to the pudding of today's talk, because you need the proof in the pudding, I found an article on the Sustainable Media website entitled, How the Power of Intention Alters Matter, Scientific Proof that Human Intention Raises Local Symmetry in the Substratum of Space. This article discussed a series of experiments that pretty clearly show that the human consciousness changes space. I mean space in the physical, earthly sense. Although, I wouldn't be even remotely surprised if our intention can change outer space too. We just maybe can't see it so much. Dr. Tiller's experiments began much like his experiments in meditation. Um, He had these people 
four experienced meditators. I believe it's the same people he used in the other study I cited. These are people who Tiller said in the article were, quote, highly inner-managed, inner-self-managed people. Highly inner-self-managed people. Easy for me to say, right? He had those people imprint electronic devices with a specific intention, and I think I remember you bringing this one to the table a few years back, too, now that I'm reading it out loud. So he would take this electronic thing, whatever it was, and they would imprint it with an intent. And that intent, I'll get to in a minute, they took that, they wrapped it up in aluminum, okay? They sent it overnight to a laboratory 2,000 miles away, and then it was placed beside the target experiment and turned on. For example, one electrical device was imprinted with the idea of raising the pH level of water. pH is potential of hydrogen or power of hydrogen, and it's a scale to identify the acidity or alkalinity of an aqueous solution. Okay? So when this imprinted device was turned on, in the vicinity of a jar of water, the expectation was that the pH of the water would be raised. They were looking for at least a full pH unit of difference, something large enough that the results could not be attributed to a faulty measurement. It's possible to measure one one-hundredth or even one one-thousandth of a degree of change in pH. So one full unit is a lot. And they were, in fact, able to achieve an unambiguous change in the water's pH state simply through its being in the same vicinity of an electrical device that had been imprinted with that intent. And they were able to raise the pH in this way by as much as one and a half full units, which is a really large amount. But it was when the same experiment was repeated over and over and over. That's when the really significant effects began to show because Tiller has found and proven that when intent is repeated in the same space, it eventually becomes permanent. And when that happens, the laws of physics in that space no longer operate as they did before. Um, For a meaningful analogy, can you remember when it was impossible for a man to run a four-minute mile? Once that barrier was broken, it became the norm. In fact, in high schools... um, Kids are, they have to run a seven-minute mile. That's big, because that was the limit we thought we could do. So when Tiller and his associates kept running that same experiment over and over and over again, Tiller said that the laboratory began to become conditioned so that the same result would happen more strongly or more quickly. And here's the big one. They discovered that eventually it would happen even after the device was no longer in the room, even when the device was no longer in the building, even when the device was no longer in the country. One of the spaces, in one of the spaces that they used, the alteration in the space of that room remained stable and is still going strong. And to add some weight to that, this article was published in 2018. The study was done significantly earlier, and it's still going. So I would say that room was really, really changed, wouldn't you? Yeah. The late author George Leonard wrote, 
Ultimately, human intentionality is the most powerful evolutionary force on this planet. And he wasn't wrong. Far from it, in fact. This morning, we're going to harness this power for ourselves and for our church as we set an intention and a theme for our lives and for the life of this church in 2023. What do I mean by an intention and a theme? Okay, so first, the intention. What is the broad intention for your life? By intention, we are looking at the what of life. By broad intention, I mean the broad what, such as I intend to go deeper and higher in spirit. I intend to be an ambassador of God. I intend to see God in everything. I intend to live from a place of real unconditional love. I intend to express God's abundance in all areas of my life. I intend to unconditionally share my gifts and talents with the world. Ad infinitum. You could keep going. Now, what do I mean by theme? Theme is the how. Be very, very clear here. Not the how, as in the details of how this is going to work out. That's God's job. We said that in the inspirational reading. We make the plans. God sets the path, right? What I mean about the how is that that is the atmosphere or energy that you desire to live this intention in. For example... I intend to go deeper and higher in spirit while living, moving, and having my being in joy. So the theme for the year is joy. The intention for the year is go deeper and higher in spirit, right? I intend to be an ambassador of God as I experience unshakable faith and confidence. Theme for the year, faith and confidence. Intention to be an ambassador of God. I intend to see God in everything in an atmosphere of profound peace. So your theme is that profound peace, but your intention is seeing God in everything. And those two are important to bring together. So I intend to live in a place, live from a place of real unconditional love as I experience harmonious relationships. So the theme is the harmonious relationships. The intention is to live from real love, okay? In a moment, we're going to do a process, an internal process for tapping into your intention and theme for this year. And we'll do the same thing for our church. But first, an important word. There's something very important that we all must do once we set our intention and theme. And what is that? Let it go. An idea dropped into the subconscious is like a letter in the mailbox. You just need to know that the message was delivered and your result is on the way. After you've set your intention and theme, release it to God. And when you know when you mail a letter, you gotta let it go so it can be delivered to where it's going, and you trust that, right? This is the approach that you need to take. Because you do not drop a letter in the mailbox, then stand there. And make sure that no one tampers with it. And then watch to see that the postal worker tucks it safely away. Then follow them back to the post office. Tail the letter through the sorting process. Insist on sitting next to the mail sack while it's being flown across the country. Follow it to its next sorting. Do a security check in the next postal deliverer. 
and finally make sure that the addressee picks it up, right? We all do that? No, I really hope not. Um, at some point, and I'm hoping early on in the process, we must just let go and trust the postal service, right? Because to breathe down the neck of a postal service worker would only annoy them and waste your energy. The same is true here. Set your intention and release it so that spirit can take care of you in ways that you could not take care of yourself. If you are watching and telling spirit how, you're going to waste your energy. Let it come. Now, I want to take a few minutes to let you do some thinking and hopefully some writing. You guys are all familiar with the song, Use Me, by Ricky Byers. We've been singing it here for a long time now, and I'd like that to be our backdrop for this. So while the song plays, use this time to jot down your intention and your theme for your life this year as well as for the church. Mike, can you play that for us now while I go get my form and pen?
end today's talk with a treatment, but then this just plopped itself right in my path, and I, true to form, decided on a detour. I don't know when he wrote this. It is literally a PDF of a single sheet of paper with a title, author, and content. That was all I got from it, but it is A New Year and a New You by Ernest Holmes. As we approach the new year, there is no need to let ourselves be bound by our old thought patterns, the resistance and the inertia of negative habits. Some may say, if you weren't very happy last year, how can you expect to be happy this year? Why can't you change this situation? I covet for all of us in the new year that we shall no longer be just theoretical, just filled with hope, which is wonderful, but that some dynamic proof shall come to each one, that each shall know that there has to be a way, a technique to approach and to use the power greater than we are. It is so simple that very few people will believe it. It is the meaning back of our words, the feeling, the acceptance that give the words the only power they have. Prayer should be simple. Treatment should include only the use of such words as have meaning to us, and we should feel their full significance. We must come to know that this very peculiar and elusive thing we call our mind is not our mind at all, but the one mind operating through us. I believe there is only one spirit, and we live by it. There is only one law, and it operates through us. We must come to realize that there is such a thing as spiritual energy, spiritual mind power, that each of us in the sanctuary of our own heart and soul may silently register the aspiration of our heart. And if we can induce our own mind to accept it, so shall the universe honor us. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks Finds And to him that knocks, it shall be open. Luke chapter 11, verse 10. It is impossible for it to fail. May we thus embark on the greatest adventure of the ages without arrogance, without fear, and I trust with the minimum of disbelief. And you and I, in embarking upon this great adventure, can we... By what we do in the silent sanctuary of our own contemplation, meditation, and prayer, see something happen in our world of experience as a result of it, which had not happened before, and prove that these signs shall and must follow them that believe? Or do we put the whole thing in reverse, and in our pessimistic utterances, repeat the old formula of fear and failure and doubt and uncertainty? Or do we remain in neutral while nothing happens? This is for us to decide. The old year passes into the new and heralds in the possibility of triumph, the triumph of the spirit in us. But it cannot be done by the dictate of some external authority. It can only occur in our own consciousness when faith shall triumph over fear and love over hate and compassion over unkindness. Then at last we shall sing, unto God be the glory.